Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. I think one of the reasons I love Matt so much is my mind tracks with his squirrel so, so well, because that's how I work, too. Oh, man. Speaking of squirrel, who put this here? It's not mine. Well, hey, my name is Lyndon Bontrager. I'm one of the leaders here at Lighthouse. And on behalf of Lighthouse, thanks so much for coming out. I, I really mean that. It's not just something that we have to say. Well, we do have to say it. But we want to say it. It's not just... It's not just because we, we have to. We want to. Thanks for coming. I really mean that. So anyway, we have recently been in a ser- sermon series, message title, message series, I can't talk, called Good Advice, Godly Wisdom from the Book of Proverbs. So in the month of July and now in the month of August, since both months have 31 days and the Book of Proverbs has 31 days, Clint had a really cool idea. Hey, let's have the church walk through book of Proverbs, two months in a row. So July, we read it front to back. Now we're doing it again in August. And it's been really good. Proverbs is chock full of really good nuggets, wisdom nuggets. Clint shared last week, his message title was Cardiac Care, Protecting Our Spiritual Hearts. He talked about, yes, we've got a physical heart in here. We've got to take care of it. We also got to take care of our spiritual hearts. And he, he was saying that that's more important, our spiritual hearts. We can protect our hearts by screening our senses and by determining our destination. It's a great message. If you want to check it out, you can do that. We have our messages online. You can go to lighthousevineyard.church, click something, media, I don't know what it is, and you can find them right there. It's pretty easy. Even I can find it. So I have a question for all of you. I'm guessing I know the answer, but I want to ask it. Has anyone in this room ever said anything you wish you hadn't? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, like now, I probably shouldn't have said something. You're, yeah, speaking of saying stuff you wish you hadn't. Oh, man. So, yes, we've all been there daily, every, throughout the day. It's, there are things that, this is live, right? It's not like we can say it, review it, then promote it put it live. No, it's live. We were talking about it at work just the other week. How awesome would it be if we had the keyboard function control Z um, for PC folks or for Mac folks, it's command Z. And if you're wondering, what does that mean? What kind of language is he speaking? Um, it's, what that does is it performs an undo function. And man, is that function ever nice. You can even, you know, I draw things with, in the engineering group, I, I deleted one thing. I, oh, no. Oh, no, Control-Z, it all came back. Thank you. And we were having this conversation saying, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we'd have that in life for when we say stuff we shouldn't? Oh, no problem, just hit Control-Z. My friend, he said, he kind of chuckled. He said, my Control-Z would be worn out a long time ago. Yeah, we laughed about it, but yeah, and it's funny, haha, but it's not real. We can't hit the undo button after we say something. Once we say it, it's been said. So I had a moment way back in the day in junior high um, when I wished I would have had an undo button. 
So uh, we're sitting in homeroom. Mr. Eby was talking. Mr. Eby was a, a fun teacher, kind of goofy. We like to have fun. And he was telling us a story about, or he was telling us about his brother that was dealing with some health issues, some medical stuff going on. And what exactly he was saying, I, I, I don't remember very well at all because I really wasn't paying much attention that day. Not just that day. I, I struggle with paying attention in school. And uh, I was also a bit of a clown. And even though he was telling us at that moment that things were kind of serious and it wasn't looking the greatest for his brother, he just got done saying, my brother, had, he had to go to the hospital for that. And me being the class clown, I had to say something funny. You know, I, I just felt like, oh, it's time to say something funny again. And great timing, oh my word, with the, with the wisdom of a golf ball, I hollered out, what a wimp, is what I said. Have you ever had one of those times where you wake up from something and you, and you think, it's like a daydream, you, were, you, you, you woke up from a daydream, what did I miss? What, what did I say? Did I say something that I shouldn't have? Did I just, that was me that day. I was thinking, what is wrong with me? What was I thinking? Mr. Eby, the whole class stopped and Everyone, the guys mainly were chuckling because they were wanting to see what was going to happen to me. It wasn't that funny, but it was just like, you're ridiculous. Why'd you say that? They were chuckling because they knew I was in trouble. The teacher, he, Mr. Eby, motioned me to the front. It was about from where Carol is back there. I had to walk all the way up. Man, that felt like a long walk. He pulled me outside of the classroom. He, pulled his, he pu put his arm around me and he looked down at me and he said, Next time you have something like that to say, keep it to yourself. Absolutely, sir. Yes, sir. No problem. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I was saying. I know that I had enough sense in me to apologize and say I'm sorry. I don't think I said it, but I was thinking, the devil made me do it. I, I don't know where it came from. Oh, but basically, and then the walk back was horrible. People were kind of snickering, and oh, man, I felt like an idiot. Because what I had said was idiotic. It was. All that could have been avoided had I had a control Z button. No, all that could have been avoided had I kept my mouth shut and not said it. I couldn't hit undo. The missile had already been launched. So what we say, what we say to others carries a lot of weight. That particular day in junior high, the consequences were nothing. I, I could have gotten in trouble. He, that was humiliating for me, so that was prob he probably knew that was consequence enough. But, and so that was nothing. But in life, y'all might know, yeah, consequences can be pretty bad. You might be tracking with me on that a little bit. So what we say carries weight. And what we hear others say to us carries weight as well. So I love my dad. I love him very much. Um, he's a great guy. He means a lot to me. Um, 67 years on this earth, and uh, he's still doing well, still strong. He's taught me a lot of good things, really good things. One of the things, several things, he, he was hard on me. He taught me to, okay, to work hard. He taught me how to um, not be afraid of hard work. And, and I really appreciate that today. I really do. He taught me to take pride in my work. Well, 
Something that my dad would, would say to me very regularly, if, if I would do something wrong, or if I'd make a mistake, or break something, or not do it quite right, what he would say, it's three simple words, he would say, way to go. And I didn't think I would cry again. I cried last time. Sorry. It, as you can see, it affected me. Just those three words, way to go. It's like, man, oh, I screwed up again. I'm a failure. It would hit me. It would hit me hard. Now, it's not like he was calling me an idiot. You're never going to amount to anything. What are, you, what are you thinking? It wasn't that. No. Dad, Dad was great. He was good. He wasn't trying to hurt me. That's just how it came out. And the way that I took it, I was told to not touch my face when I'm talking. Uh, the way, the way it, it affected me was tough. He was just telling me what I did was not right. It wasn't good. And so, like I said, it affected me. To this day, I struggle with making decisions. Oh, I, I don't want to make the wrong decision. I don't want what I'm going to do now with this project to be wrong. Oh, I just don't want to mess up. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to break it. I struggle with perfectionism like crazy. My wife can tell you that. She's sitting right there. So yeah, I hate when I make mistakes. I'm harder on myself than I am on anyone else. I think Jeremy would agree with that, maybe. He's my son. I'm kind of hard on him too, but in a good way, I think. So all I wanted to do was please my dad and do a good job. But when I would mess up, that hurt. Now, don't get me wrong. My dad, he, he affirmed me in so many things. Many times I, I remember him saying, hey, good job, or way to go. <laughs> that way to go is a lot different than way to go. But it's, it's how he said it. And the silly thing is, even though he might have affirmed me just as much or more than he critiqued me or criticized my work, I remember the criticism all the more, and it affected me all the more than the affirmation. The power of what we say and how we say it is big, y'all. It is. It is. It's bigger than you think. There are things that Jeremy comes and, or my kids, Karis, they come and tell me, remember when you said that? Oh, you were listening? Yeah. Yeah. They listen. There are, people are listening. So today we're going to be reading through Proverbs 12. If you have Bibles, it'd be cool to follow along if you like. Uh, Proverbs is right about in the middle of the Bible. Proverbs 12, 13 through 18. If you don't have a Bible, we do have the, the verses up here on the screens. Or you're welcome to use your smartphone, whatever you like. I'm going to read Proverbs 12, starting at verse 13. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent escape trouble. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. The way of fools seems right to them, but the way, sorry, but the wise listen to advice. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, 
but the tongue of the wise brings healing. That's so refreshing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. So the title of today's teaching is Reckless Words, Stopping the Fire Before Someone Gets Burned. We're going to get into that in a, in a second here, but before, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins, that we could celebrate that freedom that we have in you today with communion. Father, thank you for this body of folks that are with us right here, right now. I thank you for every person in this room. They have a purpose. God, the words we say, the words we hear are a lot weightier than we sometimes think. Show us your truth today, God. May your word be spoken through me. Use me, God. Use me. Use my voice. Use my words to share what you want to say today, God. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so in your handouts, if you got one, on the back side, you can follow along if you'd like. Have a few fill in the blanks. Just have a few points to go over today. First point is, we can prevent a fire by biting our tongues. By biting our tongues. I bite my tongue a lot. At least I should. I, yeah. There's, a lot, there's always time to bite our tongues. Proverbs 12, 16 says, Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. New Living Translation says, a fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Stays calm. I, when I'm insulted, when I feel someone said something that I don't like, it is hard to stay calm. It's hard to bite my tongue. Wow. I, I feel like I, I have to retaliate and say something. My blood pressure goes from ish here to way here, fast. It's like a, you see a cat, a hair stands up on the back of a cat. That's what I feel. I'm offended. I want to say something right now. I want to bark back. Thinking about the words in that verse a little bit, prudent. That's a word I, don't, you, I hardly ever use. I don't hear much. What does that mean? I looked it up in the Greek, and it's, I believe it's pronounced something like sinitas. It means prudent, wise, judicious discreet, considerate. I really like that. I, really, I think that, that word is, wow, that's, that carries a lot of um, meaningful stuff. Like, I want to be prudent. Wow, I want to focus more on that. I need to write it down somewhere where I see it every day. Be prudent. Don't be a fool. Basically what it's saying in 12 verse 16, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Some more verses that talk about how we should respond to insults or offenses. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. So it's with wisdom that we have patience, okay? It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. James 1.19-20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Man, I get that so backwards. I'm fast to become angry. 
I'm fast to speak, and then I kind of listen. <laughs> Man, let's be quick to listen. Listen first. And then 1 Corinthians 13.5, it's talking about love. I really like this verse. It says, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It's awesome. Even Mark Twain, you might have heard of Mark Twain. He, he had something to say about this. this is kind of funny. He said, never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Kind of, ha, ha, he, he, yeah, that, I agree. That's good. So I have a few videos we're going to play here in a minute. Um, speaking of arguing with fools, it's, this first one is pretty humorous. It's, well, I would say don't do that. Um, and I, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, this guy basically feels insulted, and he's choosing this way to react. Get it? He applies the tag, Pagan, and Mike Quaddy arguing, and here's Lou. This could be yep. the one. There it is, number one, the first ejection as a Cubs manager for Lou Pinella, and he is really letting Mark Wegner have it. Just kicked dirt on him. <laughs> I don't think anybody's surprised that he picked a day to do it. Bruce Fremming getting in the way. He just kicked the hat. I get a kick out of that every time I see that. Poor old Lou. He, he's intense, I can tell you that. I don't know much about him, but seeing that, it makes me think, wow, what's he, what's he stand for there? Like, is that necessary? It almost looks like a WWF match where it's all, sorry, I know Mike Steinke, you like WWF. I, no, you're shaking your head. It's kind of like choreographed. That almost looked like ridiculous. Like, did you plan this? It's a good thing we couldn't read their lips. I wasn't sure. I don't know what he was saying. It'd be kind of fun to hear what he was saying, but maybe not. I, yeah, but I can guarantee he wasn't biting his tongue very well on that. So yeah, I, d I don't recommend that kind of response when you are insulted. What I do recommend is this really cute cat video of how to respond to insults. Ô, Clark, Chiquinho não tá nem aí pra você, Clark. Olha lá, Chiquinho, o Clark aí, ó. That cat is awesome. I, I mean, I don't know if that cat was mentally all there or not. <laughs> but it sure gave us a decent example of that's a pretty good way to, to respond to negativity coming at us. Because, <laughs> man, I, I'd be punting that dog into next Tuesday if it'd be barking at me like that. But I wouldn't. I don't hurt animals. So we're in a day and age where we feel like insults or comments, general comments, have to be retaliated. We have to say something back. 
Because if we don't, then the world, does, the world doesn't know where we stand on that. We have to say something. I mean, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, just social media. I mean, Twitter, Instagram, not so much Instagram. That's more, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But Facebook, it's their comments that are, could start off as something super simple and basic and easy and nice. But someone takes it a certain way, and so you got to bark back. We don't have to, but we feel like we do. It's hard not to. Um, I found something that's pretty good online. I, I couldn't memorize it, so I'm just going to read it. It's regarding how to respond to insults. Overlooking an insult does not mean justice isn't required. It doesn't mean we turn a blind eye to sin or pretend that evil doesn't exist. God will take care of all that. Overlooking an offense means we are willing to forgive, especially when the offense is directed toward ourselves. It means we refuse to hold grudges. There are many trifling things that could bother us, but by the grace of God, we let them slide. There are other not-so-trifling things that could harm us, but by the grace of God, we determine to forgive. And there are situations that require a quick, decisive response, but again, by the grace of God, we are slow to anger, even as we stop the wrongdoing. It's really hard to overlook an insult. It is. I'm not saying I, I am good at it. Um, uh, at work, where I'm at right now, it's, it's pretty nice. Like, I've got a pretty good job, and they take care of me pretty well. I've been there eight and a half years. And, but it wasn't always that great. Like, I didn't always want to be there. There was a time where I, just, I was ready to quit. And, um, and it was all because of what people were saying about me, to me, behind my back, stuff like that. So uh, my wife's first cousin, Steve, was the owner. It was the owner. He's the founder, and he was the CEO at the time. And people found that out, and, oh, okay, so you're here because you're family. Oh, okay. That's why ATC hired you. I got you. So that kind of was thrown around, kind of, ah, uh, you're here because you're family. That didn't feel very good. And then... One day after work, I was working on the line. I was filthy. I was dirty. I had my paycheck, and I had opened it and checked. That was before electronic stuff. I put it back in, and I set it up where the paper towels are. I washed my hands. I went to the restroom, came back out, washed my hands, and I left, and I forgot my paycheck up there. Well, someone found it, and hey, it's open. So hey, you might as well open it up and look at it. Oh, it's Lyndon. Oh, look at all the overtime he's working. Hmm. Now, I will say, overtime was up for grabs. People could opt for overtime. I pushed for as much overtime as I could so we could make ends meet at that time. But that's not how it was taken. The delivery that that person had to other people got, oh, yeah. So then there's this one person in particular that really blasted that. And it, it got spread that, oh, Lyndon's stealing everybody's money. Because he's just, he's family. He works all the time. It, it really hurt. I, I didn't appreciate that. I wanted to find ways that I could get him back. I wanted to say something. It was hard. Eventually, however, I chose to overlook that insult, that offense, and move on. It just so happens that as the years went by, that guy 
and I became pretty good friends. And we actually ended up being in a Bible study, a little guy's Bible study that we had weekly uh, over lunch break. Just something light, but it was good. Then he came and he asked me to be his, his um, like an accountability type partner, keeping accountable with his spiritual life. So I'm not saying that story to say, oh yeah, please do what I do, look at me. That's not it. That's not my intent. My intent is to say overlooking an offense works. It really does. It brings healing. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not today or tomorrow, but it does. It goes a long way. What would have happened if I would have had harbored that bitterness that I was feeling and I just barked back? I don't know where we'd be right now. But to this day, we've got a friendship that'll last. So there's a fill-in of your handout. Our decision to overlook an offense releases God's power to change hearts. But we have to decide. I'll say that again. Our decision to overlook an offense releases God's power to change hearts. Yeah, it's not easy. We have to decide to overlook doesn't come natural, especially for me. All right, so that's point number one. We can prevent a fire by biting our tongues. All right, so the first point was more on what we shouldn't do. The second point, I'm going to talk more on, hey, maybe what we should do. Point number two, we can prevent a fire by speaking life. Speaking life. Proverbs 12, 18 Great. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Awesome. Use your wisdom to bring healing to a situation. So speaking life, what does that mean? It's so important. People everywhere are listening to what we say. We kind of said that earlier. But maybe what we're, we're saying and putting out there, how much greater would it be if that's life-giving? The words we say have a lot of weight. And the book of James talks about it a lot, the, the power of the tongue. I encourage you to read the book of James. It's really good. It's one of my favorite books. James 3, 9 through 11 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both, both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? James is saying here, no, that, that, that stuff doesn't make sense, but yet it still happens. Kind of this morning as I was going over, I had this thought of, like, like my wife likes to use this, a nice little dainty cloth, washcloth to wash her face. And I don't, I've never seen her use it to wash her face and then wash the toilet. And then after she washes the toilet, oh, I gotta wash my face again, wash her face. Maybe, maybe, maybe if we'd wash it really well, but probably not. She keep, it would keep that separate. Like, it sounds ridiculous to use it for washing your face and then washing the toilet, especially after Jeremy uses it. And then, <laughs> sorry, Jeremy, you're my son. And then washing your face again, that sounds absurd. It sounds gross. But that's what we do when we, we praise the Lord. We're in here singing praise songs to him. And then we leave and we 
bite some, we just knock someone down with what we're saying. That's what James is talking about when, we, when he says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. So yeah, it's not easy to speak life, especially in today's day and age. Um, you might all have heard of Tim Tebow. He's a really cool guy. I have a lot of respect for him. He's an outspoken Christian. He's a quarterback. He played for the Florida Gators. Anyway, a lot of accomplishments. Um, back in the day, he, he played for the, the Jets, and he didn't do the best while he was playing for the Jets. But during that time, um, Boomer Esiason, did I say his last name right? Esiason, yeah. Boomer Esiason, who he had also played for the Jets. He was a QB. I think he was pretty good. And um, he is now a sports analyst. He was analyzing Tim Tebow, and he said something about him. And this is what he said. Get to my right page. If I were the Jets, I would cut Tim Tebow. I really would. It's not in any way, shape, or form, I think, benefiting this team. All you have to do is watch him throw the ball. I just think this whole thing, at least from my perspective right now in relation to who Mark Sanchez is, your starting quarterback, is a major mistake. Man, if I'd be Tim Tebow, I'd be like, Ugh, what? Come on, man. Like, I'm going to Google some junk on you and blurt, you know, blast that out. on the. No, Tim Tebow didn't do that. This is how he responded. He said, oh, I've heard nothing but great things about Mr. Esiason. I know he was a great player here. And I just wish him nothing but the best in his announcing, and God bless him. It's almost humorous. Like, how do you do that? How can you do that? Are you human, Tim Tebow? Like, he's a great guy. He's cool. He's got some good books out there. I recommend to read them. I've read at least, I've read one. But he chose. He didn't, he chose to speak life. He didn't bark back. He probably did bite his tongue, because he, he might have wanted, he's human, he probably wanted to say some things. But he chose to speak life. My friend Matt LaFree loves alliteration, and I do too. It helps me remember things better. It's hard for things to stick. Once they come in here, they, they, they go wherever. So we've got two tips to tame the tongue that you can write some stuff down. Two tips to tame the tongue. Number one, ask God for help. Simple as that. Simple and as hard as that. For some reason... I struggle with asking God for help. Because like, I got this. I can do this on my own. I got it. I got it. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. I can guarantee you that not speaking negativity and choosing to speak life. That's part of God's will. Ask him. He'll help you. Second tip to tame the tongue is, is assume the best, not the worst. Assume the best and not the worst. So, okay, the, nec the next time someone says something that's just takes you aback and you're like, what was that? Just assume that, hey, they've had a rough day or... Maybe they've experienced the death in the family. I don't know. You never know. We don't know the whole story. And if we're going to fill in the blanks of what the whole story is, make it a good one. It's easy to assume the worst, but assume the best. Assume that that person that just pulled, you, pulled out in front of you and cut you off like crazy in traffic, that 
maybe they're a, a fresh driver's, trainer, driver's training student and they're just learning and give them a break. They just didn't see you. They couldn't help it. So yeah, we never know the whole story. Make it a good one. So that's point number two. We can prevent a fire by speaking life along with some tips. So bottom line is, folks, people are listening. I think you're listening to me right now. Maybe not. Maybe some are sleeping. That's fine. But words we say, they carry a lot more weight than we might think they do. Here at Lighthouse Vineyard, our mission statement is love God, love people, shine Jesus. I love that. That is so simple, so hard, but it's so good. And we can do that. One of the easiest, first and foremost ways that we can prove to the world that we're doing that is by our speech, what we're saying or what we're not saying. This story, you may have heard it before, floating around. I'll read it anyway. An honest man was being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy boulevard. Suddenly, the light turned yellow just in front of him. He did the right thing, stopping at the crosswalk, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman hit the roof and the horn, screaming in frustration as she missed her chance to get through the intersection. As she was still in mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit her car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted and photographed, and then placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, a policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you, and cussing a blue streak at him. And then I noticed the, what would Jesus do, bumper sticker, the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. Naturally, I assumed you'd stolen the car. <laughs> I couldn't verify if that was actually a real story or not. Um, but chances are, with, with how we act, how we can act, how I act, that could be pretty close to the truth. Reckless words can really, they can get us in a world of hurt. Oh man, junior high days and others, I know. But, and we also know how much they can hurt us. And knowing that, maybe that'll help us a little bit more of when we're choosing what, what to say next time that we're, we're offended. There's a phrase that says, it takes a lifetime to build a good reputation, but you can lose it in a minute. You can lose it with just a few short words. Be careful with them. So the next time we're considering, and we see a little, little fire started, what are we going to pour on that fire? We're going to pour gasoline, or we're going to pour water. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.